Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. God, for just an opportunity to be in your house and to worship you. Thank you for a beautiful morning, for the clearness of the air after many days of, of humidity. You, you really blessed us this morning. Thank you that we're able to gather here together. We ask, Lord, that you'd open us up, that we would be aware of your presence, that we would respond to you as you speak to us. And we thank you, Lord, that we can worship you and offer our lives to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 9. Um, and <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit this morning about some Samaritans. And Samaritans were those, uh, those people whom the Jews decided they didn't want to have any contact with. And the Samaritans likewise didn't want any contact with the Jews. See, they had different political ideas. They had different uh, religious ideas. They, they were different people. They were different from each other. What's amazing, however, is ethnically they were all related. Uh, if you went back far enough, they were all related. Of course, you know, right, that we're all related, right? Uh, because if we go back to Noah, <laughs> you and I are all related to Noah. So we're all in the same boat. Sorry. Didn't even see it coming. So this morning, uh, as Jesus is traveling around, uh, he's headed into the Samaritan area uh, where most people would avoid. And when we get to chapter 9, verse 51, we read, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. May God add God's blessing, the reading and hearing, this God's most holy word. Together, thank you, Almighty God, for a chance to worship you and to sing your praises. Thank you that we can bless your name no matter what the circumstances in our lives. Teach us, Lord Jesus, to choose that this morning. Teach us to choose you this morning. Help us to listen, not just for someone else, but listen for ourselves, that we might hear your voice, that we might respond to you. I ask, Father, that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your incredible grace. And we give you all the praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, for those of you who want to know, uh, we had a, I had a great time on vacation. Uh, I love to uh, take that opportunity to visit new churches. And as I was sitting in worship this morning, realizing that uh, a gentleman that I saw last Sunday worshiping God uh, did, does what I do, only he was much bolder at it. See, I'm a drummer. And if you know anything about drummers, Whenever there's music, your hands and feet have to move. If you're standing, you can keep your feet still sometimes, but your hands have to move. And I, I will not forget, yes, I almost forgot, it's time for Children's Church. If you want to go to Children's Church, now is the hour. 
Um, if you're too old, they'll send you back, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, there was a guy in front of us praising God. He was uh, of the charismatic bent, and he had his hands up, but his left hand was playing the drums. And I said, boy, he looks just like me. Sunday morning, I'm slapping on the, on the, uh, the pew there, and see, that looks like it might be a long morning. <laughs> Uh, so it's good to be home. Always good to be home. Uh, I enjoy going away. I need to get away, uh, but I enjoy coming home. I, I enjoy coming back and worshiping with my family here and my church family. And this morning, we want to talk about missing out. When I'm not here, I feel like I'm missing out. Um, and in our world today, they, they talk about FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. And it has to do with a lot to do with social media because people who are on social media a lot are exposed to a lot of opportunities. And sometimes they become overwhelmed by those opportunities. And so they, they, get, they get to this point where they get kind of wound up about how am I going to do all these things? There's all these things to do. And, and I understand that fear because I had that fear before I had social media. Because you see, when I was in college, I had a chance to go see an in-air refueling. Doesn't that sound like a great opportunity? How many of you would take that opportunity? Raise your hand if you'd take that opportunity. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, I should have responded. I, 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 but, you know, there were other things. And, and I, I was in a dilemma. What was I to do? I had a chance. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, unless I had ended up in the Air Force for a lifetime. Uh, but I realized by that point that probably wasn't going to happen. And so here I had this opportunity, and yet I had a, an exam in college that week too and a paper due. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny says you can always retake the test. Yeah, Kenny, you can. This was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'd love to tell you this is my picture but it's not. I missed out. I hate missing out. How about you? You see, you only live once. And, and because you only live once, you got to make the most of it. Don't miss out on some of the best things that life has to offer. Because otherwise, you might be sitting there just trying to figure out how, why am I missing out on all these things? And I've discovered something about life as I've grown more mature. I've discovered that when it comes to missing out, the thing I don't want to miss out on most of all, I don't want to miss out on Jesus. And I've discovered it's just too easy to miss out on Him. Sometimes we miss Him because we're unprepared. Sometimes we miss Him because we're just unable at that point for whatever reason in our lives to experience Him. And sometimes we miss Him because we're just plain unwilling. This morning, I want to encourage you to do your most not to miss out because you see, that's exactly what happened in this morning's passage. Jesus is on His way to this Samaritan village. They have an incredible opportunity This is going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them to experience Jesus face-to-face. He's on His way to Jerusalem. Most 
Jews would have gone around Samaria, not Jesus. He goes smack right through it. Goes into the, he's headed into this village. And they're going to miss out. Here he is, the Messiah, the one actually they've been waiting for. You see, the Jews and Samaritans had different religious ideas, but they both believed that God was going to send his representative to set his people free. And they wanted to be his people, and their understanding was that they were his people. And yet they missed him. They missed out. And the greatest opportunity in their lives... They missed out. I pray this morning that we don't miss out. That we are ready. That we we are looking. That we would not miss out now. Because we have heard way too much about what happens when you miss out. Look at this passage with me because I want you to see how this evolves. You see, first of all, there are messengers that are sent. And the messengers are interesting because they're willing to go. Now, they're going into enemy territory, right? Uh, They're not going to friends. They're not going to loved ones. They're not going to people who are going to accept them and welcome them and embrace them. They're going to people that traditionally would have nothing to do with them. And yet, because of their relationship with Jesus Christ, they're willing to go. You see, because they want to experience the fullness of Jesus in their lives, they're willing to go. He sends them. They go. They're not worried about who they're going to or to whom they're going. Sorry. They're not worried about to whom they're going. They're simply going because they want to serve Jesus. And when we are in a position where our desire is to serve Jesus first, that's when we begin to experience Him and we don't miss out. But too often, rather than being like Jesus, we are more like the Samaritan village. You see, one thing I love about this passage is it doesn't really tell us why they didn't want to accept Jesus. Now, it does say he was headed for Jerusalem, but what does that mean? Does that mean they didn't like his religious views? And so because he was, uh, in their mind, of a different religion, they weren't going to accept him. They weren't going to serve him. Or maybe they didn't like his political views, because you see, the Jews and Samaritans were often on separate sides of the issue. Maybe something like, Health care or taxes. They found themselves on separate sides. And because they were on separate sides, uh, they then decided they didn't want to accept. They didn't want to serve Jesus. I'm afraid that too often we miss out on Jesus because we're not willing to serve Jesus, you see, because we're too worried about ourselves and our own political standing or our own religious standing. Rather than saying, Jesus calls me to serve and I will serve Him with whomever and to whomever. I will simply serve Him first. It's interesting when you put that as your priority of life. Then the reaction of the other person or who they are, no longer seems to matter. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this. Jesus was very clear about His desire that we reach out, especially to the least of these, to those who are on the bottom rung. 
And he said this, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You see, when we begin to serve Jesus, Jesus becomes... Jesus begins to come into our lives in ways we've never experienced. And we're able to go to places and to people that we normally wouldn't talk to because Jesus begins to work in our lives. We have a group that goes to the community of caring to help feed uh, those who are hungry. Dan, when you go there, do you ask what religion the people are when they come in? Uh, do, Do you ask them if they're Republican or Democrat or Independent? You don't. You mean you feed everybody? (laughs) I had a professor in seminary that said, never ask a question you don't know the answer to. (laughs) Oh, gee. Oh. I know, I know. Um, do, do you understand what's, what goes on in our lives? We build walls. And we build, when we build walls, we miss what Jesus is doing. Because Jesus walked through walls. When Jesus walked into Samaria, He went where most Jews would not go. When He, walked into, when he wanted to walk into that village, He walked in no matter who they were. It's amazing to me, uh, in the Gospels, as you look at Jesus, Jesus went wherever Jesus felt the Father wanted Him to go. And when He went there, He accepted people for who they were and then served them. He healed them. I think it's interesting. He, he never stopped and said, okay, um, before I heal you, I have a, a litmus test that you have to pass. He just healed them. I wonder if sometimes we miss out on Jesus because we've decided that certain people are not in our purview to help or to serve or to love. So we miss out because we miss out on serving Jesus that's not all we miss out on. For you see, it, it amazes me that Jesus walks in and walks towards this village. And of course, he's headed toward Jerusalem, right? He is resolutely set on Jerusalem. And we know why. That's the good news about being uh, in our era, see, because we, we can see that whole picture, right? We know why Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. You see, Jesus was headed to Jerusalem to die. And he was headed there to die to, to forgive uh, the, the Samaritans and the Jews and anybody who would accept Him to forgive them of their sin, right? Of everything they've ever thought, done, or said that's wrong, that goes against God's will and God's way. And He was headed that way because He loved them. He loved this village. And He loved them very much. And He wanted to share with them that grace. That they didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. But, but He still did it because He loved us. And He wanted to share with us that incredible grace. And that's what he was doing for the village. And yet the village decided they didn't want to welcome him. And it's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't force his way in. Did you notice that? 
Jesus simply goes to another village. You see, if if you don't want to accept the grace of Jesus, Jesus isn't going to force you to do that. Jesus simply offers it to you, and then you have to make a choice. It's one of those many of opportunities, but it's the best opportunity you could choose. And I would hate to have you miss out on that this morning. If you've never said yes to Jesus, today's the day. This is your opportunity to open up your heart and to have Him begin to work in your life. But, but I want you to see that the disciples, they missed out on it altogether. They refused to embrace that grace. James and John are just the spokespeople. Don't kid yourself. My guess is all the disciples were, were right behind him. And I kind of like James and John, to be honest with you. There, there's something about them. They have some incredible faith in this moment. Did you notice that? There were times when their faith was small, but here they were ready. Lord, should we call fire down from heaven? You ever feel that way? I had a guy cut me off the other day. Oh, no, let's not talk about that. (laughs) I I must admit to, uh, at points, um, stopping and and asking God when that person blows by you that there might be a police officer down the road a little bit. And sometimes He provides, and i got to admit, I do smile a little as I drive by. I'm not sure that's where Jesus is at. Because Jesus looked at them and rebuked them. Because you see, that's not what grace is all about. Grace is not about condemnation. Grace is about forgiveness and love. And one of the, one of the reasons I think our world has not responded to grace. It's because they haven't seen it in our lives. You see, we like James and John are more about revenge or vengeance than about grace. The Apostle Paul wrote, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Why is it we think that God's power is made perfect in power? But it's when we open our hearts to Him in weakness and receive His grace that we find that everything we need is right there. And we need not go around condemning others, but rather we need to go around sharing the grace of God. I've had some interesting experiences the last couple weeks. And a couple times I've had people say to me, well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says evil people should be put to death. That's what the Bible says. Now, I will admit, in the Old Testament, it does say uh, that the one who takes a life, their life should be required of them. And I would say, I would agree with that 100% if God's the one doing it. The problem is, too often we decide we're the ones that should met out the punishment on those evil people, forgetting that we are the evil people also. Because as good as you are, the Scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I had a person say to me, yeah, but you don't understand. Those people are really evil. (laughs) 
I said, yeah, and I remember a guy named Saul. You remember Saul? Saul went around chasing after Christians and, and, and getting them arrested and having them put to death. Saul later confessed that he was a murderer in that sense. And yet Jesus appeared to him, changed his name to Paul. We know him as the Apostle Paul. We think of him as one of the super apostles. A murderer saved by grace. You see, that's the awesome thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ. You believe that anyone and everyone could come to the wonderful love of Jesus Christ and be transformed. You know why? Because He touched you and changed you. That's if you've received His grace. I wonder if one of the reasons why our neighbors and our world doesn't know what grace is about is because believers don't live grace. They live vengeance. I wonder if our neighbors don't know what grace is about because we are busy finding ways to to met out punishment for those that we think are not worthy rather than sharing with them the grace of Jesus Christ. And when we don't share grace, we miss out on Jesus because that's what Jesus is all about. So I don't want you to miss out. I want you to take every opportunity to serve Him and I want you to take every opportunity to share His grace. And finally, I think it's interesting that the Samaritan village missed something very, very vital. Uh, first of all, you notice that their name isn't in the, in the Scripture. You notice that? It's just a village. A Samaritan village. They have no name. It's just out there. You see, they missed out on an incredible opportunity. If Jesus had walked into their village, just imagine with me, what might have happened if Jesus had walked into their village? I'm sure there were people in their village who were sick, whom Jesus might have reached out and simply healed or called upon God and God would have touched them and healed them. Or, or he, may have, uh, he may have touched some people who were confused and, and afraid and He might have given them peace. He might have stepped into some people's lives who felt that nobody cared about them. And He might have stepped in and said, hey, I want you to know how much I love you. He might have stepped into some people's lives who felt like this life was really not worth living anymore. And he might have stepped in and said, listen, I've got something for you today and even something greater for you in eternity if you would just come and follow me. (coughs) What might have happened if they had said yes to Jesus and welcomed welcomed Him into their village? But instead, they're a no-name village going nowhere, never to be mentioned again in the story of Jesus. You see, what Jesus really wanted was a relationship with them. And that's what He really wants with you. He wants that personal relationship with you. He wants to offer you that love that no one else can, that unconditional love. That no matter what the circumstance in your life, you will know that He loves you. And you are loved. And you are special. And you are important. 
You see, he wants to come into your life and he wants to op- offer you some joy like you've never experienced before. You say, well, this, my situation, I could never have joy. I want you to know if Jesus is in your life, the situation doesn't, doesn't change the joy that's deep down within. Because you know that He has stepped into your life and that all things are possible and all those possibilities are still out there. And no matter what the situation, all you have to do is wait upon Him and He will begin to work in ways you never expected. That joy would always be there if you would welcome Him into your life. He wants to offer you that peace that when the world is going chaotic around you, you can stand firm and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it may be hard for you to convince yourself at first, but as you put your trust in Jesus and grow in Him, all of a sudden you begin to see, yes, it is okay. It is okay. It is okay. And this peace begins to flow deep in the background of your life. And as chaos ensues around you, You'll be able to stand and say, but I have a Savior who's still at work, and it's okay. And best of all, if you were to welcome Him into your life, He would say, I want you to know this isn't all there is. That I have eternity waiting for you. As a matter of fact, if you welcome Him into your life, He has a place in heaven that He's preparing for you. Just for you. Can you imagine? I'm wondering. I'm excited. I want to know what mine looks like. Um, I, I, I imagine all kinds of things. But the Scripture says He wants even more than what I can imagine. So I have fun imagining, but I really have to rely upon Him. And I want you to know something this morning. Uh, Jesus is knocking on your door. On your door. And He wants to come in. And I know some of you are thinking, well, I asked Jesus into my life a long time ago. I get that. But I wonder if you've been missing out. If you kind of said, Jesus, would you just step outside for a minute or two? And I want you to know He's still knocking. And if you never had Him come into your life, He's knocking. The Scripture says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, this is neat. I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. He's Baptist, I told you. He wants to come in and eat with you. And by that, he doesn't mean he wants to sit down and just have a meal. What he means is he wants to have a relationship with you. Isn't that where relationships happen? I think one of the problems in our world today is we all eat on our own schedule at our own time. We don't eat together anymore. It's one of the things I like about being a part of a church. We spend time every once in a while just sitting around the table and eating. As a matter of fact, that's what I like best about being a part of a church that celebrates the Lord's Supper because once a month we sit around that table and we share together and we share with Him. I don't want you to miss out on Him today. He's calling you. He wants that personal relationship with you. And it's up to you. Notice that the Samaritan villages, they could say no. And if you say no, Jesus will walk away. But you'll miss out. You'll miss out on the best opportunity of your life. So this morning, won't you join in with us? 
Why don't you join in? Why don't you say, I'm, I'm, I'm going in. This is my chance. I'm going in. And, and would you do this? Would you go in and, and serve Jesus? I don't care if you've been a believer for 100 years. Well, maybe not 100, but maybe for some of you pretty close. Or, or you just this morning want to say yes to Jesus. The best thing you can do to join in is to begin to serve Him. Find a place to serve Him. Reach out to someone near you. They don't have to be someone you know. Reach out to someone near you. You might be surprised. They might know you. I heard a a preacher the other day talking about uh, going to the grocery store. And he said he got in the line. And he's like me, I guess. He always picks the wrong line. And he said the cashier there was not gifted to be a cashier. And it was very obvious. And as a result, it took quite a while for him to get up in line. And while he was waiting, he was thinking about how he might share with this poor person who's stuck in a job that they shouldn't be in, that they have great potential, but it's not in this position. And perhaps he could help her find a new place to serve. And as he got up there, he's about ready to to say something. And she looks at him and she says, Pastor? You see, she had gone to his church a number of times, sat in the back, and it's a large church, and he'd missed her altogether. When you start serving Jesus, you don't know who you'll run into that you might know. I'm always amazed, no matter where I go, that I, I frequently run into people who know somebody who I know, or who know me, or who I know. Have you ever done that? When we were in Maine, we went to Boston one time, and we were in a small town in Maine, so everybody knew everybody. And everybody knew everybody's business, and everybody shared everybody's business. And I, I had come from the city, and that was very difficult for me. And uh, we, we went to Boston, and I said to Barb, we're, we're on the Boston Square there. I said to Barb, isn't this great? Nobody here knows me. And across the square, someone yelled, hey, Dave! <laughs> I mean, just like that. You see, when you start serving Jesus, Jesus begins to do incredible things in your life. And people are going to recognize you. And as people recognize you, they will recognize Jesus in you. And Jesus will be at work. And you won't miss out. If you don't want to miss out on Jesus, please share grace with somebody. With everybody, as a matter of fact. Be as gracious as possible. And grace is something you have to learn. You don't just receive it. Yeah, Jesus gives you grace, but, uh, and you receive it. But to learn, to share it, you have to learn. Because it's hard to be gracious. Some people make it really hard to be gracious. But the more you immerse yourself in the grace of Jesus and realize that you made it hard for Him to be gracious to you, and yet He still loved you so much that He freely gave His grace. You then begin to feel the need and the desire and the joy of sharing His grace. And then build that relationship. Let that relationship grow. Don't miss out. Don't miss out this morning. This is your opportunity. Your opportunity. Not the person sitting next to you. It's your opportunity. Don't miss out. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those you've brought here and for them taking this opportunity to hear about your love and your grace and your forgiveness. 
And Lord, I, I know there are some here that have yet to say yes to you. Well, they come to church fairly regularly and they try to do some things with other people, but their hearts have been far from you. And this morning, Lord Jesus, you've given them that opportunity again. I pray, Father, that they wouldn't miss out. Oh, if Jesus is speaking to your heart, say yes. Let him in. He'll change everything. Life will have meaning and purpose and direction and joy and peace, love like you've never experienced it. This is your day. Lord Jesus, I, I pray for those who have been following you and, and yet lately have kind of pushed you aside for whatever reason. Maybe the circumstances of life, maybe it's because of what's happening in their hearts or in their heads. And this morning you're knocking on their door again. Lord Jesus, I pray that they'd open their hearts. That this morning they'd say, I'm going to find a place to serve you, Jesus. When I go to work this week, I'm going to serve you, Jesus. When I go home this morning, I'm going to serve you, Jesus. When I meet someone in the hall before I leave, I'm going to serve you, Jesus. Pray, Father, that you would fill us with grace. Forgive us so many times for being ungraceful. Teach us your way. The way of grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing our prayer. And for wanting a personal relationship with us. This morning we say yes. In your name, amen.